2: important to figure out where he's going to land if no other reason we need to find out where the disc golf tournament ballpark tournament is going to be this year but before we get going before we do the who says no with our guy sammy from the who says no crew and play Tassie podcast before we do that let's just go back to the podcast that we had dylan cease on with with reese green our guy reese And we just want to ask Dylan a little bit about his motivation and his mindset and everything else. Heading into 2024, that'll get your heart rate pumping, that'll get the adrenaline going, and then, boom, here we come, Sammy and I talking about what trades you might be able to make to get Dylan Seas. And if I was a team, if I was running a team, I would want to trade for Dylan Seas. That's just me. That's just me, and we're going to have these fake trades coming up. One with the Cardinals, one with the Red Sox. But first, here's Dylan C's. Congratulations, because I picked – I mean, I say congratulations because this is how highly I think of you beyond what you've done for the book and for, for Joe and for poetry and just golf and all this. I picked you to win the Cy Young because I think that highly of you, and I'll do it again next year. I vow to you right now I will do that. But what okay. is it? What is the thing – So. What is the thing that you you have evolved over the course of this year that you got better at or that you learned?
0: I think think a big thing is I've kind of learned that like tinkering with your mechanics when things aren't going right isn't always a a great idea or a great way to fix it. Um, For instance, kind of towards the end of the year, I really just instead of tinkering with my body i just started visualizing a lot more and try to use my mind and uh sort of i guess trust trust my body i guess would be the right word um yeah so you know i guess from that standpoint anytime you have a full another full season of experience you've gained that much more reps and experience and this year i can look at it as like maybe i learned a lot of what not to do you know and that's that's less fun than the Cy Young year where, you know, everything's going right and you're, you know, it's all effortless. But, um, you know, this year was hard mentally, physically, in, in every way. So um, I think inevitably that that's bound to make me stronger. Um, like I said, I learned that not to get too crazy mechanical if things aren't going right. And, uh, yeah, ultimately, um, I think having a season like that has made me more hungry than I've been in a while to kind of go out and show that um, I'm better than what I was able to produce last year. See,
2: you're my David Goggins, me. I'm ready to fire. I'm fired (laughs) up. Reese, you got anything to to finish off with here?
3: Uh, Yeah, man. I mean, first off, that's a great mindset. I mean, just as like a former player, obviously not to that extent, but like sometimes that is like the hyper-focus can lead to, like almost backtrack, right? Like you can yes. get into the, like a lot of guys don't talk about the the mental headspace sometimes, which uh, it's all there all the time, especially in a 162 game year. Um, but even like to loop it back into what we've been talking about here, like I, I learned when I was playing at a high level that like sometimes having something else to also hyper-focus on, maybe it's disc golf, maybe it's whatever it is, you know, maybe it's poetry for some guys, who, who knows? But sometimes that can lead to uh and that can lead to to growth and uh I mean you gotta you got a great mindset on it and you know learning from from the hardships is what's gonna make you you that's know that's a great blast point. off into that upper echelon. So yeah, cool I, to I pick up
0: a new hobby. Uh, I think I pick up a new hobby about every six months as well, keep me going. Hey,
3: there you go. Hell yeah. What, what are, are
0: some old? other ones you got? You got yeah, anything else? I was say. Yeah, I got uh so painting. Um I'm I'm considering those yours in the back? Yeah, I got a I got a couple hung up right now. Uh, oh, nice! I'll tell you what I'll show you my uh, I'll show you my spring spring training inspired one. I'll get you guys this. Oh, nice! Product. Let's go.
3: I, I love painting. <laughs> hey, <laughs> nice! That's awesome.
0: Painting's that hard. hard for me because I can't draw. So <laughs> everything I have to do. You, you
3: Using acrylics or oil or what? What do you got?
0: Yeah, acrylic. I Okay, just, like something like that. Get into think-
3: oil painting and
0: really feel like you don't know what you're doing. That's yeah, fun I've, <laughs> I've, I've researched it. And I'm like, there's like eight steps to cleaning your brush. I, I can't do this right now. I don't have the time for it. Yeah, I feel it's perfect. All I got to do is it's like you can just Put throw everything it yeah, it's Yeah. It's, yeah it was, uh, painting was really great for me. Um, I started doing that end of 2022 when I was kind of getting a little burnt out and it really recharged me. So I would consider uh, entrepreneurship as well with with my disc golf that's why it's cool that disc golf has kind of turned into two hobbies because sure now it's uh you know there's kind of a business element of it and they, uh, <laughs> um, buying land starting llc's handling kind of all that stuff that's uh as much as sometimes it's not pleasant it's it's really fun to like have a vision and try to be creative with it and see if you can make something successful and uh, getting to partner with Paul on disc golf is uh, I'm very lucky to be able to do it so yeah we're hoping we're hoping to do some big things with it
2: alright lower the heart rate lower the heart rate alright here we go alright now all, after all you executives have listened to that you know this guy is ready to roll now comes a time where you have to trade for him so we got a couple good fake trades Sammy's the man along with all the PlayTessie guys. Go follow them at PlayTessie that podcast. But Sammy, Gordo, Coop, Pat, the who says no guys. This is what they're, this is their jam. When you want a fake trade, when you want a legitimate trade proposal, then you go to these guys. And today it's Sammy's turn. So here you go. Here's myself and Sammy chopping it up. With some fake Dylan C's trades. Also, subscribe, rate, review. Subscribe, rate, review. Subscribe, rate, and review. That's five star review. And at BB isn't boring. At BB isn't boring. Hope everyone's ready to have, have ready to have a great week, an outstanding week. All right, here you go, Sammy, myself, who says no to these Dylan C's trades? All right, selfishly. We're doing this Dylan cease who says no, Sammy, have we done a Dylan cease who says no before? I feel like a while haven't. back yeah oh. yeah I think I uh I remember but that was that. like trade deadline right That was trade deadline yeah, yeah, this was months ago, okay, all right, so it's it's uh his name's gonna only come up more and more and more but but Sammy, I didn't even tell you this the the real reason, the selfish reason was because when Dylan cease was on this podcast. Um, the we hit, we made it a goal to have a disc golf tournament at a ballpark. And and he was like, oh, that's a great idea. It's a great idea. So before we get the wheel spinning in terms of guaranteed rate field, we have to know where he's going to be. So we can't have the Dylan Cease charity disc golf ballpark tournament unless we know what ballpark it's going to be in. Right? Correct? Naturally, yeah. But doesn't that doesn't that seem like an awesome idea? I was like, you play disc golf, like you have a built-in course, the ballpark.
1: Well, yeah, and that's gonna factor in gigantically into if he signs an extension with the team he is eventually traded to. So like if they're not willing to put together a good disc golf course, say goodbye.
2: What would be the best ballpark for a disc golf tournament?
1: Easy. Oakland. It's gigantic. There's nobody there, and you know. In fairness, the the professional
2: disc golf league, which Dylan Cease is a big uh, fan of, that might actually take over that that stadium in in like a year. Like
1: that might you might just stumbled upon breaking news. That's is mean, what have, like more more spate. Like Fenway would be the worst option, of course. Oakland has. So much space. They have more foul territory than any ballpark on the planet. So you already got that going for you. It's the size of a football field. You can even use the stands because there's probably not going to be many people in them. So, yeah, that's my answer. That's e- easy choice.
2: No, so I would I would somewhat disagree with you because you're right. I think overall you're right. But the intricacies of a place like Fenway or, uh, let's say, like uh, Minute Maid Park, with that weird alcove in, in left center. So those sort of things lend themselves. Like if you could put a, you could put one of the holes up on the green monster, right?
1: Okay. I didn't know we were getting that abstract. Then then maybe
2: that's what it's about. And then, then you actually have one of the tee boxes from the top of the green monster. So, but I'm not I saying see. that Oakland still because of the space and because the, let's
1: be honest, because of the availability also. <laughs> so, yeah very yeah. very available wildly available in wildly fact you know, i was i was not being creative enough i didn't think of like using the monster i guess like like wrigley might be tough because it's got it's it's a cool ballpark but the dimensions are pretty standard and it's small so mm-hmm. there you go sorry yeah
2: yeah i'm trying yeah so anyway it's something to think about but this is wherever dylan Cease lands this is going to happen let it be said let it be done Um, So we have to find out where he could potentially land a lot of buzz about because, Sammy, before we get to the, the fake trades for Dylan Cease, understand this is that the pitching market is such that that teams that have guys like Dylan Cease, Tampa Bay, like Tyler Glass now, like Milwaukee, Corbin Burns, they are going to do everything they can to find a great deal because there are so many teams who desperately need those type of guys. Correct? Oh, yeah. Yes, correct. We'll
1: talk about that in a minute. Oh, all right. All right, good. All right, which one do you want to start with first? Uh, I want to start with the one that I think is a little bit more realistic and probably a slightly better fit. Okay, Uh, go ahead. First one. All right. Dylan Cease, just Dylan Cease, nobody else, no prospect. He's headed to the St. Louis Cardinals for Brendan Donovan, the utility superstar and their number one pitching prospect. This is such a good name. Tink Hence, and I hope I pronounced it right. Hence, Tink Hence. Um so here's my reasoning. You could argue that the Cardinals need starting pitching more than any team in Major League Baseball, and so far they've batted two, Kyle Gibson, Lance Lynn. What do those two have in common? They devour innings. Innings eaters. Uh, Dylan Cease, while he's a much higher quality pitcher at this point in his career, um, he does the same thing. Very good pitcher as well. So he's garnered Cy Young votes uh, in 2022, a little bit of a down year in 2023, but he was on a dysfunctional White Sox team. And you know, his his surface numbers, uh, they're kind of deceptive. If you look under the hood, he's got a 3.72 FIP and a very high strikeout rate, almost 11 uh, through nine innings. The knock on Cease uh, is that he's got a high walk rate. He's a little bit wild. You can you can mark that off as effectively wild. We know how that works. Um, so, yeah, he's a guy that the Cardinals could put at the top of their rotation. Maybe not the number one that they would be hoping for, but, you know, a two, a very high-quality number two pitcher. Uh, a guy that they'd love to have. White Sox-wise, this makes sense for them because they're going through a little, like, rebuild, retool, whatever they're you doing, want to call they, it. They're doing a roster enema is what they're doing. Yeah, so roster... <laughs> People get so offended when you say rebuild. They're like, "We're not doing that. We're not doing." Anyway. Oh, no, but but listen,
2: when not to interrupt you, Sammy. But when when the GM comes out and says, "I don't like our roster," <laughs> which is what he did, yeah, yeah.
1: good for him because yeah. because nobody else liked his roster either. All right, so I'm not crazy to think they might be doing a little bit of a retool here, but uh, he- here's why it makes sense for them: uh, Donovan, young player, still uh, he's going to be. 27 uh, yeah 27 years old he won the utility gold glove which is like a fairly newish thing i believe i honestly like heard about it last year i think for the first time but it's sick he's got a utility gold glove Bats left-handed in his two seasons he's got a 120 ops plus uh, and he's team controlled through 2027 so while he's mlb ready that's still a building block for a team that's rebuilding and then hence meanwhile doesn't need much explanation a uh, 42nd overall prospect by MLB pipeline. He's got a monstrous fastball, good build, just 21 years old. That's the kind of guy you want in your farm system, especially for a team like Chicago, who's got meh, that's how I would describe their farm system is meh. So <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my trade. Cease to the Cardinals, Brendan Donovan, Tink Hence going back to the White Sox. All right. So I I I think it's a good one. Um
2: the White Sox, when so when they were dangling Cease at the deadline, their asking price was insane. Like it was crazy. For yeah. instance, I'll give you an example. Uh, the, the the next team you're going to do, spoiler alert, is the Red Sox, right? So they were asking for Brian Bayo and other players, and the the answer to that would be, well, I wouldn't trade Brian Bayo for Dylan Cease. A lot of people would say that, right? It's mm-hmm. so, it's. It, but by doing this, you aren't just doing that. That and, and I heard the same thing with Arizona. Arizona was like Jordan Lawler or, you know, Jordan Lawler. And um, who am I thinking of? The pitcher. The, the, oh, Fott? Fat, yeah. Brennan Fott. So like, and blah, 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 blah. But so I think that they probably would be a little more realistic now that you've gotten to the off season and now you know you need building blocks and those two are good building blocks as long as our good friend tank is okay but that's the big thing how how do how do they value
1: tank tank um well here's here's what i'd say about that i feel like the deadline and please correct me if i'm wrong the deadline makes more sense to have those crazy asks because you get teams who are kind of we got this we're in the moment we'll go for it let's do it rather than the off season where it's like okay we have more time look at free agency, look at other options. So that's why I kind of went with, the. Uh, you know, I think this is very fair for both sides. I don't think anyone's getting fleeced. I think the Cardinals get what they want. I think the White Sox get what they should get. Maybe not what they want, but what they should be doing. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 the logic behind it. Nothing but I, crazy. I think
2: you're right because look at it this way, is that at the deadline, if you need pitching, you have one avenue to get it. This, mm-hmm. this, this time around, right in here, right now, you have another avenue. You can just pay money. You know, as the yeah. Cardinals did with Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn. And by the way, a Dylan Cease Lance Lynn reunion. Who doesn't yeah. want that?
1: I mean, timing-wise as well, um Chicago's number 1 pitching prospect is uh, Noah Schultz and he's not supposed to be in major league baseball until like 2026. He's in single A right now. He's 20 years old. So, it's not like they have any high-quality pitching prospects. Close to ready. Even so then, is that
2: true? Even with uh, the guys that got the or the guy they got from the Dodgers. Um, wow! So they got from the Dodgers. Um, I want to say Dan Pastorini, but that's a, that's a Houston Oilers uh, quarterback from the seventies.
1: They got yeah no, it wasn't Nestrine, him. Nestrini. They got uh, Eater from uh, Miami. That he's Bro. not. He's not like a top flight pitching. Which conference. is
2: which, by the way. Is insane that you weren't able to get back a top-flight pitcher for a guy in Jake Berger who is under control for the next 18 years. So and it's going to be <laughs> well, in the middle of the line. He,
1: uh, it, it's his profile, right? Like, not a great defensive third baseman, good power, but strikes out a lot. He's got, like, it reminds me to a much li- uh, higher degree of, like, Hunter Renfro, where it's like, yeah, valuable, but this profile is so common nowadays. And-
2: Listen, all I know is that he was play he was in the middle of that order on a playoff team that he helped him get to the playoffs. He'll get better defensively. If he has to shift over to first, so be it. He's a young guy with a ton of control and like you should have gotten
1: more for him. So there How about you marketing wise, that's a marketing gold mine. Jake Berger and he's a big guy. Well that's what I mean the, the, the White thing.
2: Sox weren't even doing anything with it. And then they went to Miami and all of a sudden every single burger out place Oh, but can I tell you really as a quick aside for the baseballs and boring family listeners? This is so we have a, we have, we're going to be having another member of the family coming up here. Yeah. Guy who's been on the podcast was actually on the, on the, um, the Dylan C's podcast, Reese Green. So Reese was the guy who did the, was the Randy Johnson Halloween costume. Yeah, <laughs> Professional baseball player in Australia, professional baseball in Czech uh Czech Republic, and now stand-up comedian. So it was excellent on the podcast. He did talk about his Halloween costume. It was excellent on the podcast because he had relatives who were in the in the world of disc golf. So the symbiotic nation uh relationship between him and Dylan Cease was off the charts. And now, and now I don't want to spoil all of it, but he is going to do a pod. So he has a friend. I, I hope I'm not misrepresenting this. He has two friends who got in on the OnlyFans craze very early on. And they're renting out the, the Marlins ballpark for two hours to play baseball. Wow. But there's no, like, shenanigans, no, like, like R-rated stuff going on. This the love of the game. They're yeah. using that OnlyFans money for the love of the game. They're renting it out just for their friends to play baseball. And Reese is one of them.
1: So I isn't find he, this fascinating. Isn't Reese, uh, isn't he located in Boston? Seattle. Oh, why did I think he was? The, the picture he posted looked like he was in the T. That's why I thought that, I think. Uh, and, and then uh, you found, of course or, you found or, he, Well, Actually, he was in New York. That The Halloween picture of him is
2: Randy Johnson and his girlfriend, Alex is the um, as the bird that Randy Johnson killed. Um, the uh, that was actually taken in New York City.
1: So, okay, okay, yeah. I knew it was an East Coast looking subway. Yeah. But yeah, but, but I'm I, he's got a
2: great personality, and I don't really like. He said, oh, "Listen, we
0: got to do something with this," and I agree, and I think that. be a pro with ac pro the best thing to do with
2: it you correct i'm all i'm all ears but the best thing don't get complicated just do a podcast with a, these people who are renting out this park
1: yeah you get, you get the full story i mean that's an interesting i mean yeah what a what a perfect when i saw that you tracked this guy down and had him on the show that's the most brad thing ever guy's a comedian traveled the world playing baseball professionally like what a fit on this oh, show it's, it's part of
2: the, part of the family part of the family and then he was on with dylan cease and those two hit it off and now we're we have the uh we've integrated the whole disc golf crew oh my All god right. can you imagine
1: they start a show and it's called cease and reese oh hold on let me write that down cease and reese there you go that's free that is an awesome idea that one's free for you. Cease and Reese. <laughs> As a uh, contingent on Cease uh, being traded to the Red Sox and extended, of course. So.
2: Well, it doesn't – yeah, I mean, but the, the 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 weird thing was is that, so Reese was already like, we're going down this road of podcasting, but it just so happens that his uncle was in, in, is in the Smithsonian for disc golf. So <laughs> it, was, it was like this perfect storm, and now – this is, that is the best name, impromptu name for a podcast that I've had, not knowing how the podcast go, is going to be, but just wanted to do it for the name, since I randomly did two guys who barely spoke English at the time, Felix Dubrant and Ruby De La Rosa, the, the Ruby and Doobie show. Ruby and Doobie. I, I, did, oh,
1: I did eight minutes of, of broken English. <laughs> right, well, maybe I'll be in Seattle next month. Maybe I can give research. Nice. Oh, right. Let's go. Party, let's party. Go. All right, go, let's go. go. Number two, trade number two. All right, so, <clears throat> excuse me, second trade. Uh, normally, on baseball isn't boring. I stay away from Red Sox because I talk Red Sox all the time. like to switch it up. But the fit makes so much sense here. I had to do it. So here it is. Red Sox get Dylan Cease and Eloy Jimenez, who you may have forgotten about. The White Sox get Jaron Duran, Nick York, and Luis Perales. So it's a big, big package going over to Chicago. So reasoning being, similar to St. Louis, the Red Sox are in pursuit of starting pitching in a big way. Uh, They also need a right-handed hitting outfielder, um, preferably with power. And in this scenario, the Red Sox addressed uh, both needs while providing the White Sox some great tools to help with this rebuild, retool enema. Um, So we've discussed Cease already, so let's chat. Eloy, uh, he produced very well when he's healthy. Um, but not quite to the level that he was advertised prior to 2019 when he debuted. He turns 27 and I believe three or four days. He's due 13 million in 2024. So not bad. Uh, he has a club option for the following season, 2025 for 16 and a half. So it gets a little bit more expensive. Uh, and then another one the following year for 18 and a half million. So it's not the worst contract ever, but it's not great for a team like Chicago. That's moving some stuff around and, uh, been open about cutting costs. But I think uh, it seemed like the Red Sox could stomach this contract more and kind of bank on a spike in production, putting him in Fenway Park, right-handed, right-handed hitting paradise. It's a mouthful. And he could also split time with Yoshida in left field. That's a guy they want to get off their feet. So it's a good fit for the roster. The cease fit is kind of self-explanatory. They need starting pitching desperately. They need inning eaters desperately. Check, check. So there you go. Uh, and then replacing Duran, they got Rafael. They could slot right in highlight that improved defense white Sox wise they get a cost controlled budding star in jaron who was unbelievable kind of under the radar nationally i feel uh last season uh 34 doubles and 24 steals in limited time he wasn't playing the entire season either so that's pretty impressive when you you know add the context to it 121 ops plus which is outstanding defense in center field is improving it's still not great but it's getting better um he's arb eligible till 2028 his age 31 season. On top of that, Chicago adds Nick York, who's a very nice hitting prospect, plays second base, also a guy whose defense is slowly improving. That was the big knock on him. And then the Red Sox top pitching prospect, Luis Perales, who just throws gas. This kid is nasty. They just protected him. So that tells you how they feel about him. So that's it. Cease and Jimenez to Boston, Duran, York, Perales to Chicago. All right. So my initial reaction was that the
2: White Sox wouldn't do it. Because it's not enough major league certainty. Um, my guess. Here, here, let me counter. I my guess is
1: that they would try to substitute Paralis for Hauk. Sure, that's I, I. I'd almost prefer that. the The reason I didn't have Hauk, I did initially have Hauk in the trade. Is I'm not sure that Chicago sees him as a starting pitcher. And if they don't see him as a starting pitcher, I'm not sure they're going to be super interested. But yeah, that was that was the original trade. Actually, was Hauk. But Ooh. then I felt like. Maybe Paralysis because he's he's ascended so much he's got a lot of helium. I figured maybe the rebuild team would rather that, but yeah, you could. I, yeah, so the
2: again the thing that that this I I pause about in the original deal is that you have two guys who you really don't even know if they're going to be major leaguers, and and York and and Paralysis. So mm-hmm. you think they are, but um, and York is sort of limited in terms of his position. That's another thing, which is, when every time his name came up, we talk about bait, uh, trades and such. The the company line is, yeah, he probably will hit in the major leagues, but he's locked in pretty much a second, and he's, he's going to hit for uh, enough for a corner infielder, and and um. But I think that he's sort of at a crossroads. He had a pretty good year this year in Double A, but. I think he's a little bit about a crossroads of saying, "Okay, this you have to start defining what you are going to be in the major leagues." And so, I, anyway, I think that there's a little uncertainty paralysis when you say he's a Red Sox number one pitching prospect. That's like saying, um, "I don't know." It's, it's, I don't know. It's like, I I, it's, like it's, a, it's like it's like saying finished. that you know I'm the fastest one in in uh, amongst
1: podcasters. It's like, yeah. Do that. You you have the highest paid contract on the A's, something yeah. like that. And I saying, yeah, yeah no, I, I hear you. The reason I think Chicago might consider it is, Eloy Jimenez. I feel like they that's another guy who's very limited, not a good fielder at all. Um, well, that's why he's a DH. Yeah. So, but that's what I'm saying is like they're not going to want to pay him this money. I figured they want to offload him and get something back for him as well. Send him to Boston. He's a better fit put him in left field half the time, DH half the time with Yoshida, <laughs> defensive wizardry out there left for the Red Sox. Yeah, you know, and of course, if Chicago would be like add a little bit more, I wouldn't be super upset about it if they want to add, you know, Bastardo or something, like one of those mid-tier prospects to sweeten the pot. All right, well, I think that you're on the right trolley. You're on the
2: right. I mean, it's there's another thing it comes back to is how they value Duran because you, you had rattled off star in the making, but you know, we have to figure this out again. What what how old is Duran now? Is he 26?
1: He's 20, let me see. So Jared Duran is. He is. He just turned 27 um in September. Yeah. So another crossroads guy, I think. And like what he showed last year. Like he'd shown flashes in the past. But last year was a kind of a, a step above a flash. That I was... would,
2: I would, I would agree with that. And by the way, much better defensively, much better
1: defense. Yeah, yeah. He went from a very bad outfield defender to like a serviceable, good. What well, what's gonna...
2: crazy was that I love the, some, my love of some good baseball savant talk. And all of a sudden, you talk. I would love to do like who took the biggest step in what categories. If you took every baseball savant category, who took the biggest step? I can tell you, no pun intended, that, that Duran's first step or whatever, initial step, whatever they call that, he went from lower tier to, like, one of the best in baseball.
1: Yeah, base running value, 97th percentile. What was his outfield
2: speed? jump? What was his outfield jump?
1: Outfield jump. What I need to have myself outfield.
2: some good outfield jump talk.
1: Range-wise, he's 52nd percentile, so right about middle. He doesn't have a good arm, but, like, no, no outfield, sorry. Outfield, good jump. arm, but good arm value. Outfield yeah. jump. Where's outfield like, jump? I don't think they have. Uh... There must be... Am I making this up? What's going on? Anyway, Come on yeah. Well, I mean, he's fast. He's he. The knock on him when he was coming up was that he's not kind of like a wide receiver, not a good route runner. Like he's mm-hmm. fast, but he wasn't efficient, and he cleaned that up a little bit this year. Um, I don't know. He, we're not saying he's a great defender, but he's not going to hurt oh, you. No, but him. He, he could make an all-star team. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all. You know, if he started the season hot like he uh, eventually got, he might have actually made it last year. He was he was close, I feel, in my head of making this all up, but I feel like he was close.
2: No, you're you're, you're right. You're on the trolley. Um, all right, well, Wade Boggs didn't retweet you
1: today, did he? Nothing yet. Uh, Wade and I... <laughs> Making it like I'm like friends with Wade Box. No, we haven't spoken today. <laughs> All right. Well, as and
2: everyone everyone go to the uh baseballs and boring social media. They look at the John Schreiber podcast from earlier this week, where Sammy revealed that Wade Box gave him the ultimate hangover cure, which I feel like Wade should embrace. I mean, he's embraced the whole I've dr- I've drank a million beers on a plane
1: thing. So, yeah, I mean, have you, have you seen uh, Always Sunny in yeah, Philadelphia? Yes. So- so, yeah,
2: cool. <laughs> yeah, I think he should embrace the fact that he scientifically has solved all hangover problems.
1: Yeah, well, look, like I mentioned on the show, I'm not a very big drinker. I haven't even had a chance to test this yet. So we'll see. It's almost been a year. I don't want to test it, but stuff happens.
2: Could we when we do this, there's, there's winter weekends all over the uh, all over the globe, right? All over Major League Baseball. That this is going to be the what we're going to do. And you're going to be the leader of this okay. at every winter weekend. We're going to ask one fan to do the Wade Boggs hangover challenge, which is get really drunk. And the next day eat scrambled eggs and drink chocolate milk and see the effects.
1: Yeah. Science. It's this is science. It is science. It's like this. We, we
2: much like baseball. We rely on information. So there you go.
1: And instincts. My instincts say it's a good idea. <laughs> My instincts say everyone should head to beautiful, tropical Springfield, Massachusetts for a winter weekend 2020. Do they do it in – when is it? December? January? <laughs> January. Yeah. Winter can't... weekend 2020. Said
2: it, the one I want to see <laughs> – did you see – so the, the best juxtaposition of winter weekends was – the Red Sox one where they're booing everybody, right? <laughs> and and by the way, as I think Dan Chauncey pointed out, not on the docket, the town hall is not on the docket this year. Why is that? It went so well last year. I know. And then you juxtapose it against San Diego, where they had like millions of people showing up just celebrating the awesomeness of, of all these signings. Andrew Bogarts and Fernando Tatis and Juan Soto and all these nope. guys it was it was insane so I'm I'm fascinated by by fan Fest slash winter weekends whatever they are but we're gonna spice it up we're gonna have basically what we should do is set up a booth at every place saying if you if you uh imbibed last night we are serving free scrambled eggs and chocolate milk <laughs> have weight box
1: there to serve it <laughs> <laughs> all right
0: excellent job we got a lot done In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth
1: Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make
0: sure you hear it.